Hey, good morning, Life Chapel family, Pastor Brian and Carmen. Man, I am so grateful for the opportunity to be sharing a message with you in this season. Uh, my name is Matt Erickson, and my wife and I carry pastor church in Lincoln, Nebraska called Mercy City Church. And we're in relationship with your pastors through the Next Level Relational Network. And so they've asked us in this season where they're on the mend and getting healthy again, we are continuing to pray for you and pray with you. But anyway, they've asked us to, to bring a message. And so I talked to our team and one of the more memorable messages that I've preached in the last, you know, four or five months is, uh, is a message called Shovel It. And so it talks specifically about taking those difficult times or areas in our lives and allowing God to use them as we repurpose the it that ends up getting dumped on our lives. Anyway, you'll get it after the message, but I'm excited and full of faith and I believe that this message is going to speak to you significantly, moving your lives forward in Jesus' name. Check out the message. Have a great Sunday. Here we go. Luke chapter number 13, verse number 6. Let's jump in. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden, and he came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but... He was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig, so cut it down. It's just taken up space in the garden. Then the gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Somebody say plenty of fertilizer. See, last week I talked to us about the special attention piece of this scripture, but this week I want to take a couple minutes and I want to talk about plenty of fertilizer piece. Now, you probably know this because you're really smart and I don't need to teach you, but just in case you missed this, you, uh, I want to tell you, fertilizer helps things grow. Everybody know that? In fact, the internet definition of fertilizer is this, a chemical or natural substance added to soil or land to increase its fertility. So when something is fertilized, when soil is fertilized, the chances of what's growing in that soil to grow exponentially is raised. So how many of y'all know that in Jesus' day when the Bible was written, there were no... Uh, Fertilizer plants. There were no chemical fertilizer plants. Anybody? Okay. So specifically, this word fertilizer in the Bible means this. If you're taking notes, this is a great place to take some notes. It specifically means this. Manure. Dung. Feces. Or my personal favorite and most disgusting way to think about this is contents of the gut. <laughs> in fact, we actually have some contents of the gut from a large animal. Thank you, Bree. Everybody whoo, give it up for Bree. Um, this is, in fact, manure. It's dung, feces, contents of the gut. <laughs> you want to come take a smell? You good? Y'all see that? Y'all see that? 
You, you know what we would call this now? This is crap, everybody. That's exactly what this is. So the gardener is saying to the man, hey, listen, give it another chance. We'll give us special attention, but also we're going to pour on it plenty of crap. What? How many of y'all know that somebody says, we're going to put crap on this situation? You're not finding this person very friendly, are you? No. No. You think that they're out to get you. In fact, most of us do not like finding ourselves in the middle of crappy situations, do we? We don't like it when we find ourselves in the midst of a situation that stinks, that's potentially dirty. Do we? No, we don't. And we find ourselves asking ourselves questions like this. Why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, if you've ever found yourself in the midst of a situation that you would just say, this is a crappy situation. Anybody? I want you to think about that for a minute. The crappy situations that you've been in the midst of, most often these types of situations leave us feeling hopeless, make us feel like we're just uh, stuck. Anybody ever felt stuck? Anybody ever felt trapped? Anybody ever felt like you've been put on the defensive because of a situation that you've been put in? Almost like a caged animal that couldn't move? Sure you have. We all have. But have you ever thought that God may, might want to take this crappy situation and use it to grow me into the person that I'm called to be? Maybe he wants to use it as fertilizer to grow the dream that he encouraged me last week to give special attention to. Doesn't it seem so counterintuitive? We're going to give special attention to a dream and then we're going to dump crap on it. What? What do you mean? You want me to take care of something. You want me to exert extra effort. You want me to put work into something that you're going to put contents of the gut on? Now, I want to be clear about something here. I don't think that God makes bad things happen to people. Sometimes people will say, you know, crazy things like, well, God's just doing this. No, 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 no. Let's all agree right here and right now because James chapter 1 verse 17 says that every good gift comes from God. Therefore, every gift that isn't good is not from God. However, God will use what the enemy means for our harm for his glory. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's how he flips things. But I do want you to be aware of the fact that God does allow us to be led on paths where he is aware crap's coming our way. There might be some crap that hits the circular cooling device. Do you see what I'm saying? He allows us to go along these paths because he knows that as we go down these paths where we're expecting more of him, where we're wanting to receive more from him, 
that we're out of our depth a little bit, where we've created room for growth a little bit. He knows that when we get in over our heads, who do we go to first? Oh, God, why? God, where? God, what? God, when? So God allows us to go on a path that sometimes the enemy will be able to bring some bad things our way so that we will shift into deeper relationship with God and become more dependent on him. He takes everything that the enemy means for harm and he uses it for his glory. You ever been in the midst of a situation where you're like, without God, I cannot do this? That was God allowing you to travel a path for an opportunity for growth, but the enemy is the one who brought the bad things. God is the one who will sustain you through the bad things. Come on, everybody. Check this out. If he did it, for Je- if he did it to Jesus, he'll do it to us. Matthew chapter, one, chapter four, verse one says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, capital S. That means the Spirit of God. All of us would assume the spirit of the devil because into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Well, it's gotta be the spirit of the devil that leads him to be tempted by the devil, right? No, 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 no. The spirit of God had spoken to him. God had spoken to Jesus in chapter three. In fact, it was during his baptism. Some of you guys will remember this. He goes down in the water, John the Baptist brings him up, and he says, from heaven a voice, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, 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 pleased. So he hears the voice of God, and every time you hear the voice of God, it's an opportunity for you to go higher, to go further, or to grow deeper in relationship with God. And every time you hear the voice of God, every time you experience God, you will end up traveling a path where there will be temptation for you, what? Not to fall into, but to lean into relationship with God, because it's an opportunity for growth, everybody. Can you imagine if Jesus would have gotten ticked? Like, God, I can't believe you. You just told me you were pleased with me. No, what did he do? If you read on in chapter four, um, he combats the enemy with the word. (laughs) That's why it's so important that we're reading the scriptures right now, everybody. Because we know the word, then we can work the word. We can work with the word to overcome the temptations of the enemy and God can get the glory. So can I tell you something? If God led Jesus this way, he will certainly lead us this way. Everybody always thinks that, um, you know, you say yes to Jesus and then everything is gold from there. It's not. Sometimes it gets pretty crappy. But how many of y'all know that in relationship with Jesus, when things are crappy, even then it's sweet? Why would God do this? Why would God allow that to him? Why would God allow that for you? Whenever we ask God for something or believe God for something, a greater opportunity, he knows that the only way for us to increase is to be in places that are greater than our current capacity. He wants us to be in those places that need backfill. He, he wants us to be in places that are bigger than us, that require more depth than we're currently operating in. 
so he can grow us. He's looking to put us in places that require a fresh or increased dependency and deeper connection with him. He wants us living our lives dependent on him. See, if you can do what you do on your own, then you're not living God's will. You're living your will. Oh, Jesus, I need your help. I'm going to kill these kids. And you thought that that was a curse. It's not. It's a blessing that you need to grow into. I'm going to kill my boss. It's over. Quit this job. I'm in over my head. You know why? Because God puts you in a place that you could grow into. I started this business, and I feel like I'm seeing no success. What in the world is going on? Listen to me. God, in order to grow me, leads me to places that provide me with room and plenty of fertilizer so that I can grow. No matter how crazy things happen, no matter how many crazy things happen to me, God can and God will use them to fertilize my dream. Do y'all believe that? Genesis 50, 20 says this, that what the enemy has meant for harm, God will turn and use for his good. So I began to wonder this week, everybody. I began to wonder, um, what if all of those crappy moments in my life were actually meant to meant for something what if all of those crappy moments in life that i've tried to push away that i've tried to stay away from that i've tried to shield myself from or guard myself what if god wanted to use them to grow me into the man that i was called to be i mean i've been through some stuff everybody and you guys have too you've all been through stuff we've all been through stuff we've all got a story And what ends up happening in the life of the church so often is we believe that we have to lie about or cover up our story. But what if God wanted to use some of those things to grow us? And it made me think about this Old Testament verse, Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, collect choice spices, 12 and a half pounds of myrrh, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant calamus, and 12 and a half pounds of cassia as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Also, get one gallon of olive oil. Why did it make me think about this? Here's why. Because there are five ingredients of the anointing oil in the Old Testament. And the anointing oil was poured over people's heads as God had called them and and specifically was a mark of God's approval on their lives. We don't pour oil on people's heads anymore in the New Testament. What God does through the power of Jesus is he fills us with the person of the Holy Spirit. And that is now the approval or the mark of God that is on our lives, okay? However, there are still ingredients ingredients for this anointing oil, okay? There are still ingredients and still things that must take place. Specifically, myrrh in this context, it's a bitter thing. Anybody ever walked through some bitter seasons of your life? Well, I'm going to choose not to live bitter. It's just going to make me better. It's easy to say that, but it's another thing to live it, right? Right? 
And in order for bitterness to make you better, it's got to be mixed with something. And there's somebody behind the scenes taking all the contents of this anointing oil, of this, of this spiritual, somebody's behind the scenes mixing it all together. And it's just right for you, just the right amount. So he takes the bitter moments of your life. And he takes the cinnamon, the sweet, but they're like super sweet. Anybody, well, nobody, you ever heard of the cinnamon challenge? It's a challenge for, like, you don't do it because you don't use cinnamon by itself. Cinnamon is sweet, but it's so strong. There's no real benefit or, um, or, or anything great about cinnamon by itself. Everybody who uses cinnamon for anything Life-giving mixes it with something else, right? But I want to talk to you specifically about this third ingredient, the fragrant calamus. Calamus was a, a reed that grew along a riverbank in a very marshy area, okay? Calamus specifically did not have any roots, but in order for it to grow up, in order for it to become the sweet-tasting, the sweet-smelling thing that it was, it needed to stay upright. It's hard to stay upright when you don't have a strong root system. So specifically for this ingredient to, 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 uh, to the anointing oil, what, what happens in order for it to really grow well, and it grows in these marshy areas, but guess where it grew? Best. In places that had high contents of fertilizer or dung, the ducks, the sea animals, sea, sea, whatever was in the water, whenever, whenever the dung or the poo-poo or the contents of the gut were most concentrated is where this, this reed grew the best. So here's what I'm saying. And what this, what this ingredient did in the anointing oil is it was the sweetest, but it was soft. And so what it did was it took the edges off that bitterness brought. It cut the edges down of the strong sense of sweetness. You ever met those people that their bitterness will cut you? Or they're so over the top, like cinnamony sweet that it's like, oh, like a punch in the face, like, whoa, whoa. So what calamus does is it is mixed into this ingredient and it causes it to be sweet sweet smell and a sweet aroma, but it's mixed together. And here's what we need to know that's so interesting. The, the sweet smelling, sweet tasting ingredient of the anointing for your life, it actually grows best in the crappiest place. See, some of you thought that those crappy places were supposed to take you out. But those crappy places of life, they're only supposed to add to the sweetness of the freedom that God brings your way. The hardest situations, the most difficult things that you've navigated, they're only supposed to help knock the edge off of those bitter places. It's only supposed to bring a softening to those areas of the overly sweet places. Don't be that person that Swings hard one way and swings hard another. No, 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 no. Let the crap that is surrounding your life hold you up 
and cause a softening to take place. So here's what I really pulled from this portion of scripture. Maybe God hasn't forgotten about me after all. Maybe he's just allowing room to grow. Maybe he was just providing me the space and the fertilizer. I began to take inventory, which I hope you're doing right now, of some of those difficult areas of your life. You know, the ones that we try to forget because they're crappy. And I remembered back to first grade when we were picking teams for kickball. And my mom couldn't afford good shoes, so I was wearing sandals on a day you shouldn't be wearing sandals. And I was picked last. And I was picked last, and that was the first time that I ever thought, man, I'm a loser. I'm a misfit. I don't belong. And then I remembered again this time in middle school when I was set down by a teacher. And they began to walk me through all the events of my life and said, you know what, Matt? You can do it. But it's going to be more difficult for you because your parents not being together, you're just going to have a tougher road to to walk. And so I thought that I might be left behind. And then I remembered again when I was in high school and I had all of those friends that began to call me trailer trash because of where I lived and the way that I grew up. And I can remember those times where they forgot to come pick me up. See, I didn't have a car. And I felt like a loner. I remember after I gave my life to Jesus and I was beginning to sense a call to ministry and I had a pastor that set me down and said, Matt, listen, you're gonna be able to do a lot of things but some things you will not because of your lack of education. You're not going to be able to succeed. You're not going to be able to see the fullness or the fulfillment of some of the things that you've been believing for. And I began to wonder, do I really have what it takes? And every once in a while, those lies, they'll come back and they'll circle in my mind, and I'll begin to wonder, and I'll begin to to think, do I really have what it takes? I mean, all of this crap over the years has been dumped on me. And then I'm reminded of the Calamus Reed, and I'm reminded that some of the sweetest things of my life can come from the most crappy places I've ever been in. And the things that people try to dump on me, they're not dump on me. They're actually sustaining me. The thing that I thought was supposed to take me out or was going to take me out is the thing that's going to make me stand up and grow into the fullness of who God's called me to be. I begin to realize and wonder, what if this crap that's been heaped on me, mm, Oh, maybe the fig tree is not the dream. Maybe I'm the dream. Maybe the fig tree is not the dream. Maybe I'm the dream. Maybe what I'm accomplishing in the fig tree is an overflow of what God wants to do on the inside of me. Maybe, just maybe, God led me on this road all along. I don't need to get off this road. I don't need to run away from this road. I don't need to abandon this road. I need to lean into this road, and I need to let God continue to speak 
to me. What if it is actually meant to be, even though it's tough, even though it's been hard and sometimes it's lonely? Sometimes I feel <laughs> stuck. Sometimes it just flipping stinks. This is supposed to sustain me. So two things that we need to know about the crap that life brings our way. Number one is this. Do not, I repeat, do not sidestep it. Don't sidestep it. We're taught at a young age to avoid pain and avoid difficulty, but it never develops character on the inside of us. We teach all the young parents around here, you know, your kid falls, let them fall and get up. Don't run to them. You know what I mean? Like, let them experience that. Let them get up. Let them cry it out. It develops character. And I, I know, I know, I know, it's not popular. You're sick, man. You're gonna let your kid cry? What if he's bleeding? Oh my gosh. What if it's developing character in them that they'll need in a later season of their life? And what if you're robbing them of that opportunity? God does the same thing with us, everybody. He puts us on paths where we'll experience some trial and some temptation. But every time we do, it's for growth. So don't sidestep it. Because watch what happens when you sidestep it. You, you make a mess. You, you make a mess. And when you, when, don't, don't run it. Don't run away from it, everybody. Why don't we run away from it? Because we still make a mess. And guess what? Even though now I'm out of it, what am I doing? I'm making a mess. Don't sidestep it. Listen, dig in. Stay in. Make it a part of who you are. Make it a part of what you're doing. Here's why. Because God doesn't allow this stuff to be dumped on you to keep you stuck. He dumps it on you and then he equips you with the ability to start shoveling it. The second thing that you need to know about the crap that life brings your way is you shovel it. Come on, bring my shovel, God. Yes! Come on, he gives me a shovel. He doesn't just allow the things to come at my life. He equips me with the ability to begin to, in a focused way, move the crap that is in my life that has made me feel like I'm being held back or held down in the right direction so that I'm the dream, but around me. I can start shoveling it to the place that it needs to be. Come on, somebody. Come on. That relationship that walked out on you, that person that told you you weren't good enough or that you couldn't do it, those people around town that are talking about you right now, I wonder if you just shovel it. Shovel it, everybody. Shovel it. Here's the deal. Whether you sidestep it 
or whether you shovel it, you're still going to be in it. It's still going to stink. It's still going to mark your life. But the reality is the sweetest places in your life will come from some of the crappiest situations you've ever been in. And so I wonder if you would use it in a focused way to get the dream, to get the fertilizer to the place that God's calling you to impact and to influence. Come on, God's got a plan for you. It's not just to dump on you. It's to sustain you. It's to grow you. It's to make you better. Some of you need to think about the people that have talked about you. Those places that you're bitter in your heart. And you need to let the great perfumer, creator of anointing, to mix these ingredients together. The bitter stuff, the strong stuff, the sweet stuff. Even those moments that are real crappy, mix them together. And some of those people, you need to call and you need to say thank you very much for the way that you talked about me. Thank you very much for the way that you doubted me. Thank you very much for the way that you thought that I couldn't do it because it was just, I thought it was supposed to take me out. But literally, I learned it's fertilizer for my dream. It's fertilizer for my dream. Come on, everybody. God doesn't want you to carry that hurt. He doesn't want you to carry that disappointment. He doesn't want you to carry bitterness. He's got a sweet anointing for each and every one of our lives. It's time for us to embrace it. It's time for us to stop sidestepping it. And it's time for us to shovel it. And you might stink. And it might be a mess. But it gives you an opportunity to share your story. And to tell of the goodness of our God. Come on, would you stand on your feet with me this morning? All across this room. God will never lead you on a road that he hasn't equipped you to work on. He's not going to give you anything except for the tools to work where you're at, to increase your capacity, to build and develop your character, to lean into relationship with him like you never have before. That's the God that we serve. This morning, I think that some of you need to make a fresh commitment to Jesus. And I'm going to leave that to you. Whether you're online, upstairs, or in the room, I want you to reach out to us. If you make that commitment this morning, saying, I'm making a fresh commitment to Jesus, I want you to meet us at the blue tables here in the building, or I want you to reach out to that number at the text online. But some of us have been sidestepping the crap in our lives for way too long. And whenever you sidestep the crap of your life, you have no ability to get the crap of your life where it's actually supposed to go. You don't have the ability to do that until you take the shovel and start shoveling it. And today I think that some of us need to stop sidestepping and start shoveling. If that's you, would you just lift both hands to heaven? 
want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray according to your word. And I thank you that you have equipped us and you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. God, I thank you that you have afforded us every opportunity to grow into the men and women that you've called us to be, God, that the dream is never about the dream, that we are actually the dream, and that's why you sent Jesus. So today, we embrace a relationship with Jesus, a fresh and renewed relationship with Jesus, and we commit to stop sidestepping the crap that comes our way and embrace it and consider it pure joy as we have the opportunity to shovel it and get it in the places that you're calling to grow within us and all around us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen.